pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. Amazing. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, your exercise, and medication decisions. All those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and a lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sort. High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone, goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again! Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at highfivecasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. She is so smart. She is brilliant. She is just 25 years old with the world in front of her. Just think for a moment what you were doing at age 25. All that vim and vigor and energy and the world is still new and bright and shiny when i was 24 i was already a lawyer and trying to get on at the district attorney's office i'm talking of course about beautiful sydney sutherland just 25 years old but that was not to be and i want to know why Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Sydney Sutherland, a 25-year-old registered nurse, works at a medical center in Newport, Arkansas. On the afternoon of August 19th, she goes for a jog, something she does on a regular basis. Sydney even has a regular route that she follows near her home. A UPS driver reports seeing Sydney during her jog between 2.30 and 3 p.m. that afternoon. But that was the last time anyone reports seeing her. Later that evening, a call comes into authorities. Sydney Sutherland's car keys and other belongings are at her house. But Sydney is gone. Just hearing our friend Dave Mack at CrimeOnline.com saying that just gives me such an overwhelming sense of foreboding because her car, her keys, and other belongings are at her home, but no Sydney. Again, thank you for being with us here at Fox Nation and Sirius XM 111. Let me introduce to you our all-star panel to break it down and put it back together again. First of all, special guest joining us, Mitch McCoy from KARK4, that's Fox 16 News, Dr. Kendall Crowns, the Deputy Medical Examiner, Travis County, Texas, that's Austin. Greg Smith, Special Deputy Sheriff, Johnson County Sheriff's Office, Executive Director of the Kelsey Smith Foundation. And you can find him at Kelsey'sArmy.com. Renowned psychologist joining us from Manhattan. It is Karen Stark. You can find her at KarenStark.com. That's with a C. California prosecutor, author of Red Flags, host of Live with Dr. Wendy on KCBQ. You can find her at WendyPatrickPhD.com. And special guest joining me, very dear to my heart, Lindsay's brother, Sam Sutherland, and her mother, Maggie. Miss Sutherland and Sam, thank you so much for being with us. Maggie, when did you first learn that your beautiful girl, Sydney, was nowhere to be found? It was on that Wednesday, August the 19th at uh, 5 o'clock. Um, her boyfriend called and said, have you heard from Sydney? And I said, no, what's going on? He said, well, 
I'm here at the house because he just got off work. Uh, the keys are here. The dogs are here. You know, um, the last I heard from her was around 2.40. She was going for a run. And, um, you know, he was working. He's a farmer, so he was working. And I haven't seen her, and I've tried to call her, and I can't get her to answer any messages. Miss Sutherland, let me ask you a couple of quick questions. Um, the boyfriend, how long have they been together? They've been together around three years. Mm-hmm. And when you say he's a farmer, I grew up in rural middle Georgia, and all of our neighbors were farmers. Did he farm his own land, may I ask? Yes. Yes. So he was in control of his schedule, correct? Uh, yes, they have working hours that day. So he could control when and if he got off his tractor or went back to the home. He he worked for himself. It was his farm. He's farming his own land, correct? No, he farmed for his uncle. Right. It was a family. It's a family farm. He farmed with his uncle, but it was right near their house. The day the day he was working, he was just you know had worked that morning by the house. And the reason I ask, Miss Sutherland, is whether we like it or not. Statistically, when somebody goes missing, cops look first at the husband, the ex-husband, the boyfriend, the lover, the sweetheart, the guy that wants to date the person but can't. That's where you look first. So the very first thing you do when someone disappears or goes missing is to see who they spoke to last, who reported them missing, and does that person have an alibi that is, as we say, airtight, not not to sound cliche. He's out farming, but he's not punching a clock, and he could leave the tractor or the area when he wanted and return when he wanted. So that's something cops immediately take into account. When he called you, which I find um, very interesting because he's the one that raised the alarm that she's not there. What did you think when he first called you and said, Sydney's not home? I said, well, what's going on? And he goes, I don't know. And then he just went over, you know, that her stuff was there at the house. And last he talked to her was, you know, around 240 of the last Snapchat that they had. She uh, never opened it and never answered it. And prior to that, she had been answering them and talking. Um, uh, But the phone lines at that time during that day from, it looks like from 240 to um, 3 or 4, I'm not exactly sure what time, just in that area, the lines went down. So she was not able to communicate if she was able to communicate. So if she could not communicate, how did he know that she was going for a run? Because uh, she, she had, he had already talked to her earlier. She, he talked to her about 2, two o'clock, between 2 and 2.30. And she uh, texted him and she goes, I'm fixing to um, go for a run and then I'll be back home. She was a so, uh, Always a real fitness buff. I'm looking at a picture of the two of you together. And to tell you the truth, you know, I have to look hard at the picture to figure out who is Sydney and who is her mother. You two look like you look like sisters, almost like twins, as a matter of fact, both with the same big smile, the same hair, the same hairstyle, the same eyes. (laughs) She is a mini me of yours. I, I, I call my little girl my mini me. Sometimes right to her face because we like the same things. We do the same things. Is Sydney a lot like you? Yes, ma'am. Sydney and I, I mean, we've been told that many times that um, we look like sisters. But Sydney and I were very, very close. Um, Even in the investigation, when they did start doing the investigation, the questions were, um, you know, who who would know the best about Sydney and would know the most about and uh, her best friend goes, uh, you need to talk to her mom because her mom is her best friend. She's by her side all the time. And if anything needs to be known, her mom knows about Sydney because they are just been close all of her life. And she's the one that Sydney always wanted and relied on was her mom. When you first realized she wasn't where she was supposed to be, where did you think she would be? At what time did he call you? Did you say around five? Five o'clock, yes, ma'am. Where was where should she have been at five o'clock on a Wednesday? 
Well, at that time, I did not know. He had to tell me, like, the last time I talked to her was around two and she was going for a run mm-hmm. uh, because I had not spoke to her since about 12 o'clock that day. Um, prior to that, we had just got home from a week vacation in Florida. Um, so we just got home the night before they got home at nine and uh, Sam and I and his family got home about 10. So um, I didn't see her till the next morning and she came by my house uh, around 12 o'clock. Um, we don't have like a really big local gym or anything. So she drove to Jonesboro, which is about 30 miles away. And she did her workout with a trainer that she goes to because she hadn't been there in a week and she was just, she loved to work out and run. That is it is thing. it a male trainer or a female trainer? Um, there has been a wife there that owned their train, uh, their gym. The following is a high five moment from HighFiveCasino.com. I won! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sarge, High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again. Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. To Sam Sutherland joining us in addition to Mom Maggie. Sam, so you you all went together on vacation? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Where did, y'all, where did you go? We went to Destin, Florida for a week. Well, you know what? You can't beat that. You can't beat the no, Gulf Coast. No, we had a wonderful time. And um, I spent many a, many a happy time on the Gulf Coast. It's not far from where my dad's from in Alabama. Um Sam, when did you first realize your si- are you and your sister close? I'm very close with my sister and brother. Are yes, you? Yes, yes. We talked. Uh, we probably well, actually, that morning, the morning, uh, we we also farm. My family, my dad, me, me, my dad, and my brother, we all farm together. Yeah. And and actually, the road she's running on is it butts up to our farm, and we all these farms butt up together. But yes, oh, I know exactly what here. you're talking about. Sometimes you don't know one one piece of land ends and the next one begins, but I guarantee yes, you the farmers that farm it know for sure. Yes, so Sam, yes, when ma'am. did you when were you told Sydney's not where she's supposed to be? Was that a day she was supposed to be at work? Uh no ma'am. I, my mom I just picked up my daughters. I have two daughters. And that's what yeah. uh, that's one thing about Sydney. Uh, she wasn't a mom. She was an uh, she was an aunt. So you learned that day as well. Do you guys know if she was supposed to report to work that day? Uh, no, ma'am, she was not. Not supposed to report to work. So that makes it even more difficult. Let me go to you, uh, Mitch McCoy, K-A-R-K-4, Fox 16 News. The first thing you want to do when somebody goes missing is nail down a timeline. And it always helps me to know what their routine is or should be on that day. It's in my mind, out of all the cases I've ever prosecuted or investigated or covered, when somebody has to report to work, that is a keystone of the investigation. Because if they don't report to work, you know they're missing at, let's just say, when I was a prosecutor, 8 a.m. If I didn't report to work, there's something wrong. But on a day when you don't have to report to work, then your schedule is fluid. And it's a lot harder to nail down a timeline. Mitch McCoy, when did you at KARK4 Fox 16 learn that Sidney Sutherland was missing? Well, it was it was that day. Um, and I think that that speaks to just how small of a town that uh, Jackson County is. Uh, they knew that when Sidney didn't come home, that something was wrong. Uh, they had volunteers out later that night after five o'clock. 
It continued through the early morning hours. That following day, it search picked back up. And at this point, it's, it's every agency you can think of in the state, from the Department of Correction, uh, their dogs, to horses and helicopters from the state police. Uh, they knew that something was wrong here. Uh, with me, Mitch McCoy, KARK4, Fox 16. Mitch, I want to circle back to something you just said. You said in a, in a town that small. I came from an area that was not even a town. It was unincorporated Bibb County. We have a Macon address, Macon, Georgia, in the very geographical center of the state, but it we didn't live anywhere near the city of Macon. So tell me about this area where Sydney goes missing. It's very important to the investigation. I'll tell you why, but you tell me about the area first. Yeah, very. The, the area is incredibly small. Uh, the, the local high school uh, graduates, if, if memory serves correctly, maybe 50 uh, or so in a class. Um, the sheriff knows Sydney personally. Uh, so this is a small town that everyone knows everyone. Uh, so when the, the alarm bell started ringing, they knew that something was was very off here. I'm just wondering, Maggie, Miss Sutherland, what was going through your mind as the hours tick by and you don't hear from Sydney? What were you thinking? I was very devastated. Uh, but like I said, as soon as I got there, Alex was there, you know, I looked in the house just to see what I could find that maybe was not right or anything. Everything was all okay. Um, <clears throat> she, um, had changed her shoes because um, everyone's talking about her pink tennis shoes, but they're laying there. She did not use them to run out on the dirt road. I was like, so she changed to her running shoes for running out on the farm. She'd even changed her clothes. They were laying right there where she changed. So everything looked normal. Uh, and Alex and I talked. Well, immediately I just start calling Sam, my son, Tyler, her older brother, and her dad. I was like, I need y'all here now. Something's wrong. I just know something's wrong. Some, Sydney is not here. I need y'all to get here. And like Sam said, he just picked up the girls. He comes straight there. And her bro, uh, Tyler, her other brother, and Dion were there immediately. Um, they immediately start driving down that road where she ran. Just, right. You know, everybody checking it out. I stayed at the house. I started calling the sheriff's office, I was calling AT&T, like um, trying to get them to uh, ping in on her phone. You know, I was already, I mean, in my heart, I knew something was wrong because that Sydney just does not do disappear like that. I want to follow up on what you're saying, uh, two things, to Wendy Patrick about the shoes and to Karen Stark, the feeling the mom, Maggie Sutherland, got. Wendy Patrick, California prosecutor, author of Red Flags, host of Live with Dr. Wendy, KCBQ. Wendy, the mom is just telling us that people got it wrong about her daughter's shoes. And a lot of people that are not experts would think that's neither here nor there. Who cares what kind of shoes she's got on? It's very significant. It's very significant, as a matter of fact, because it tells me where she most likely was. Her mother knows that she wore a certain pair of shoes to go run on the dirt road. She would not wear her pink tennis shoes, no more than I would wear a pair of high heels I have to use to make appearances out to to go jogging or or, or to play um, badminton or, or basketball with the twins. That wouldn't happen. So that kind of clue is very significant. And when moms like Maggie Sutherland or another person close to a victim says something like that, cops need to listen because it's very, very critical. That's right. And that's one of the reasons, Nancy, that investigative skills are so key when you have cases like this, when somebody goes missing. And I know that is just every parent's nightmare to hear that all of their child's belongings are where they're supposed to be and their child is not. But if a certain pair of shoes is also missing, then you're absolutely right. On a free day where there's no obligation to be at work or at school or picking up children, it is those little details that are so valuable in people together where they might have gone, where they might be, and where police can start searching oh, yeah. first. Absolutely. And to you, Karen Stark, New York psychologist, joining us. Karen, did you hear what Maggie said? She's standing there. She sees the home. She sees everything in place. And she knows 
right then something is very wrong. She starts calling everybody she knows, the dad, the brothers, the this, the that. Everybody get out there and start looking for Sydney. That instinct is much more than a hunch. It's something that is born by literally thousands of years of evolution. And I I don't like it when investigators poo-poo it. Well, they're wrong, Nancy, to poo-poo it. You know more than anyone what it's like to, especially a mother's instinct. Mothers know. I, I remember once I was in a car accident and my mom called and said, what's wrong? And it was just amazing to me that she picked up and she wasn't there, the sense that something had happened. And it is much more than just something that's a hunch. There's, there's a lot of scientific evidence to show that this is true. When you have an instinctive feeling that something is wrong, pay attention. And this mother knew her daughter. You know what, Karen Stark, it brings to mind Phil Vitrano, the father of the Long Island jogger, Karina Vitrano. He typically jogged with her, but that day she hadn't been gone. He didn't go. 15 minutes after she was gone out the door, he got an overwhelming sense of concern. He actually felt he heard her call his name, Daddy. He knew something was wrong, just like Maggie Sutherland is telling us right now. People listen to what mom is saying. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at HighTheNumberFiveCasino.com. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. We're talking about the disappearance of Sydney Sutherland, just 25 years old. She's a mama's girl. She's mom's mini-me, and mom knows something is very, very wrong. Joining me, Special Deputy Sheriff, Johnson County Sheriff's Office, Kansas, Executive Director, Kelsey Smith Foundation, Greg Smith. You know, Greg, I was talking about establishing a timeline. And when Kelsey went missing, y'all, you guys were expecting her home I believe, as you said, she was about eight miles away, eight minutes away or so from home, and she didn't make it home. And you knew almost immediately after half an hour passes, something's not right. Oh, exactly, Nancy. In fact, while I was listening to to what you were talking about, there's a couple of things that, that really came to mind. One is talking about that instinct or that intuition that that parents or family or even friends sometimes have. Um, about their loved one and investigators paying attention to that. That's something that we teach when we go out to uh, law enforcement and, and do different things with the Kelsey Smith Foundation. That's a, that's a key thing to pay attention to. It really does. Um, it's an indicator for an investigator because these people know the pattern of life of this person, whether it's on their day off or whether it's on their that day that they're supposed to be working. And the other thing that is really critical, I, I noticed in this case, is the cell phone location data. Um, and those, that cell phone is a, is a database of pattern of life. I mean, if an investigator can get his hands on a cell phone and get access to the information that's in there, you can figure out where that person's been, what mm-hmm. time they've been there. Um, I mean, it's, it's amazing how much information, even people that say, well, I don't share my data. I don't use this. I don't, it's still there. That data. Oh, it is so there. You are so right. Greg Smith joining us from Kansas and uh, speaking of data, 
Take a listen to our friends at uh, Jackson County. This is Sheriff David Lucas. We have the only thing we know of right now is we have a confirmed sighting of her at around between 2.30 and 3 o'clock yesterday afternoon uh, in the area of uh, Jackson County Road 41, which is just north and kind of west of her residence. Uh, She was on foot out walking and jogging. Um, We received that information uh, from a UPS driver this morning that saw her. Um, We're kind of concentrating on that general area because with the phone pings that we've been getting from AT&T, plus the information from the people that said they saw her, it's pretty much going to be in that general area, and that's where we're concentrating the most right now. Uh, We're not ruling anything out. You're hearing the sheriff speaking, and he just divulged something very, very important. And I want you to hearken back to the Jennifer Dulos case, the Connecticut missing mom of five. And you know, all of you legal eagles, that the cops in that Connecticut area put together an incredible video montage from uh, home residential uh, home security cameras from businesses, gas stations, the nail salon, the this, the that, to see the car, the target car going by. Even when a school bus opened the doors, the video camera in the bus catches a car go by. That is how critical the surveillance video is. And we're learning that a UPS worker confirmed seeing her the previous day, but now we got to find out, did the UPS worker have surveillance video in the vehicle? And also take a listen to Logan Whaley, K-A-I-T News 8. Plenty of people are still out and about looking for 25-year-old Sydney Sutherland. Here's what we learned from Sheriff David Lucas this morning. Jackson County authorities and volunteers searched late into Wednesday night searching for the 25-year-old. Sheriff Lucas says he doesn't have any solid leads on her whereabouts. Other than that, she was seen last or Wednesday afternoon as a UPS driver saw her near County Road 41. Sheriff Lucas says he's leaving no stone unturned in trying to find her. We're working every aspect that we can think of, from the social media side to the physical side. Uh, so we're not really ruling anything. You're hearing Sheriff David Lucas speaking. So right then and there, you know, the cops are already looking at a the boyfriend, although mom Maggie Sutherland tells me they weren't having any having any problems. She went to the home. Nothing seemed amiss. Nothing odd about his demeanor, except he wanted to find Sydney. Then you got the UPS driver that says he saw her. He would immediately come under suspicion just by the fact that he says he saw her. We also know she went to the gym earlier. They're looking for video from the gym. But the reality is, mom, Maggie, tells me she made it back from the gym because her clothes and her shoes are there in the home. So nobody snatched her at the gym. And then suddenly a break in the case. The cell phone of Sydney Sutherland is recovered a quarter mile from her home, a quarter mile from her home. Now, to you, Mitch McCoy, K-A-R-K-4 Fox 16, describe the area for me where her phone was found. Well, the phone was found uh, about a mile or so uh, from uh, her home. Uh, This was a very rural area, um, dirt roads a lot of farmland, uh, and the sheriff uh, came out and said that uh, they had found the phone and the phone was not damaged, uh, which, which was alluding now at that point that there was possibly some kind of abduction. That was the feel from law enforcement, uh, even though they were not saying it, it was certainly the feel that you got. And I believe it was in that news conference that they ruled out the boyfriend. They said that the boyfriend is not a suspect that he uh, has an airtight uh, alibi. They sure did. To Dr. Kendall Crowns, Deputy Medical Examiner, Travis County, that's Austin, Texas. Dr. Kendall Crowns, we know, for instance, in the Karina Vetrano case, DNA, not only her DNA, but her killer's DNA, were both on her cell phone. How does that happen? Well, anytime you touch an object, the the oils in your hands uh, or your skin cells themselves can be transferred to anything. It's uh, cell phones, uh, clothing, uh, uh, cars, anything you touch, you're leaving uh, traces of DNA on. So 
it's something that most people don't realize that everything you handle, you covered in your DNA. And then anybody who handles it after you is also covering it in their DNA. You're so, so. right, Dr. Kendall Crowns. It's called Touch DNA for a reason. So when you touch things, you're not only leaving behind fingerprints through the natural, naturally occurring oil in your body, that oil is leaving DNA behind. The cell phone discovery was a major, major breakthrough in the search for Sydney Sutherland. But then fate intervenes. Take a listen to Kate Woodall, K-A-I-T, Region 8. Those close to Sydney confirming just a few minutes ago that the body discovered today was hers. This is coming from Sydney's boyfriend's parents. The body discovered was Sydney Sutherland. Straight out to Maggie Sutherland. How did you learn Sydney had been found? Um, I was out on the search that day. Um, you know, we had probably 300 plus people out on the search, but we were all searching. Uh, they put us in areas anyway. I <clears throat> was with my best friends and we were out. Um, we had just found a spot on the side of the road where um, they had found the phone that uh, Thursday. So in that area, we were really searching hard. And we were on our hands and knees. There was probably six to ten of us there. Other people were pulled in there. And uh, all of a sudden, I found a bead. And I was like, the beads? These are beads off of Sydney's bracelet. And so we were all just digging, and we were finding more and more. She had on several bracelets, as we've seen in the video. Um, we did have a small camera at her brother's house. She was my house at 12. And then she stopped by his house around 1.30 where she was leaving something from the vacation. So we did have a picture of her at that time and probably the last time um, taking it out of her car and putting on his porch. Um, but I was on the search, on my hands and knees as everyone else, come across the beach. And all of a sudden, um, some of my, her best friend came up to me, her dad and, and her brother, and then like, Mom, you got to go. And I was like, no, no, I found something. There's something here. These are clothes. I got to mark them. Well, we was marking them with rocks. And they said, no, you got to go now. Um, that seemed a little strange to me, but I went ahead and I got in the side of side and I went to the house and they told me that I need to go on in the house. Um, so I found, so we went in the house. I and my best friends and everything. And then at that time, they come in and said, we found her body. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sort. High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone, goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again! Platoon, present cell phone. High Five! High Five! Casino! Casino! Win at High Five Casino.com! High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino! The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Miss Sutherland, what went through your mind, first of all, when you found that bead off her bracelet? I knew that at that point that Sydney was there, and then it was going through my head. Someone has taken her because it looks like the way the, the beads were all, it wasn't all of her bracelets, probably one or two, and I was like, Someone has taken her and pulled on her arm or something for the beads to come off like that. Um, and this is just like five yards from where the phone was found. Um, so, I mean, it was packed down. Everybody been searching. And it's right by a rice field. So, 
in my mind, if I go back and think, and I was talking with my friends, it was like, you know, right here, someone's grabbed her arm or something. Someone tried to take her, and it looked like she was headed maybe to try to hit that rice field to run from them because it was right beside the rice field that the phone was and where I found the beads at. When you were told that you had to go, what went through your mind? I was very upset and angry. I was like, no, I'm not going. I found evidence. I'm staying. I'm, you know, I'm not leaving. I, this is Sydney's here somewhere. I found something. And I was very emotional, very emotional. But, um, you know, that's my son. And Well, did you have an idea about why you had to leave the scene of the beads? I, they did not, because I kept saying, why do I have to leave? You know, I've, I've got to stay here. We're finding stuff. I can't leave this. You know, but about that time, the, the state police and stuff pulled up in there, and they're like, go ahead. We've got this. We're looking at it. You go on with them. So then we went to the house. To Sam Sutherland, this is Sydney's brother, very, very close. Sam, were you on the scene searching as well? Yes, ma'am. I was actually the one told my mother to uh, to go on to the house because we had, uh, I think it was a U.S. Marshal texted us and let us know that they found a body that day. And, uh, and it actually about five minutes after I had my mom go to uh, the house, uh, the the sheriff David Lucas picked me up and uh, <clears throat> he took me to the house where my mother was and so uh, on the way there he he kind of gave me the rundown. Sam, when you were out there and your mom found that bead, what went through your mind? Well, that's why I knew there was some type of struggle there. Is what what we you know we knew some kind of struggle went on at that at that one place. Who found the strength to tell Miss Sutherland? Uh, the 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 sheriff David Lucas did. Did you know inside that Sydney was dead before they called you? Did you sense that? Uh, that day I did. I did sense that. Yes, ma'am. Maggie, in in your heart. Did you already believe Sydney had passed on, or were you hanging on to the fact you could find her if you could just go fast enough? No, my whole time was I was hanging on, and I was like, no, I'm going to find her. Um, she's here. She's here somewhere because here's her beach. She's somewhere close. Um, but we have been searching since that uh, the day before. I would say about 530 when everybody started. My boys their best friends stayed up all night long walking that road. Um, we just all had the feeling there was something about that road she was on running. And they stayed up, but no, I never gave up on her. Uh, you know, I was not going to give up on her. Um, but no, I had no idea, and I did not have no idea why they were making me go to the house, you know. Take a listen to our friend Journey Taylor, a K-A-I-T-8. Court documents are the first-hand look at disturbing actions. Investigators say Llewellyn took this past summer. Now, one of the newest details, Howard's search on his phone netted evidence in the murder case. Police say they found that about an hour after Sydney Sutherland disappeared, he was about 2.3 miles from where her phone was found. But that location Llewellyn was at is actually just yards from where authorities found Sutherland's body on August 21st three days after her disappearance. In an interview with investigators, Llewellyn admitted to hitting Sutherland with his truck. He said he then loaded her up into his pickup and took her to an area that investigators say was referenced on the phone's location services. Arkansas State Police said he then raped and buried her. He's currently being held without bond. Let me understand uh, to Miss Sutherland, this person, Quake Llewellyn, hit Sydney with his car. Yes, um, he did. He, we don't know all the situations or anything, but we do know that uh, he passed her. The UPS truck um, was going down the road, and she remembers seeing Sydney because she said, I've seen her running, so I slowed down because of the dust drought. It was a very dusty day, no rain around here, so it was really dry. So she goes, delivers her package, comes back by, sees Sydney again, still running, 
and she slows down again to dust her off as Sydney, you know, stays on the side. And she said, I just glanced back. I have seen Sydney still running, you know. Um, so it was a lady UPS, um, and they do have times like when she turns off on the, the main road to that dirt road and everything. So she had her time on there and everything. And she said, I remember passing one vehicle in there, but I can tell you now, I just, I couldn't even tell you color or make or anything, but I did pass someone. To Mitch McCoy, K-A-R-K-4, who is this Quake Llewellyn? Well, Quake Llewellyn uh, is a 28-year-old. He uh, is a uh, a, a farmer uh, just north of uh, Newport, which is uh, the, the city hub of Jackson County. Uh, we know that uh, he is uh, apparently graduated uh, with Sydney from uh, the high school. And according to some court affidavits, they uh, were at some point friends on Facebook, but it alludes to them not being friends on Facebook, I guess, uh, when um, this August 19th day came. To Greg Smith joining me, Special Deputy Sheriff Johnson County, who lost his daughter, Kelsey, to violent crime. When you look back, do you ever wonder why Kelsey? Why did it have to be Kelsey? Here we're seeing Quake Llewellyn kind of knew Sydney through school. We don't know the extent of what he felt for her. She did not have any romantic intentions toward him whatsoever. But when you look back, it it's hard to unravel it. Why? How did was this person targeted? It just doesn't make sense. Well, that's the hardest part about having a family member that's a victim of violent crime. Chances are you will never find out the why. You'll know the who, the what, the when, the where, but the why uh, never comes out. And, um, I mean, that that's the hardest part. Why was it, Kelsey? I mean, her killer, they had no contact at all. It was just a random encounter. Um, and, you know, where he picked her out for whatever reason it was. Uh, even when he allocuted, he never really got specific on 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 why uh, Kelsey was was the victim that he chose. So uh, my heart goes out to to the family. I, I know what you're feeling. Um, it's a tough thing to, to go through. And you have my prayers. Sam Sutherland, I don't know if you and your mom can comment on this, but did 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 she? No, Quake Llewellyn. I mean, if they went to school together and they had been Facebook friends, do you think she slowed down when she saw him? She wouldn't. She wouldn't be scared of him by no means. You know, like for instance, if he would have stopped the truck, I think she would have talked to him. But they, they, they went out and ate together, like with a group of friends. From what from what we hear, years ago, and. uh and so they, they knew each other, but they, they'd never talked to each other. So if he pulled up beside her, she would probably have slowed down or maybe even stopped if he stopped to talk. I wonder, to this day, I wonder if he said, hey, you want to get in the truck? And she said no and started running, so he ran over That's, her. We, we To our understanding, he he crossed, right on the county road, there's, a, there's an overpass crossing uh, the interstate there. And... For, to our understanding, is he went to the other side of the, the overpass, turned around, and came back. We don't know if he attempted to talk to her. We don't know no details like that. We don't know if he stopped and talked and she didn't, you know, wouldn't respond to him or felt threatened. We don't know. We don't have no idea on that. But, Nancy, can, can I jump in here? Yes. And just to kind of piggyback off the family, you know, I was talking a little bit about Sydney being known around town, the sheriff, the prosecutor, the the sheriff and the prosecutor also know Quake Llewellyn uh, and his family. I mean, that's how s- small of a town this is. Everyone knows each other. I, I would like to add something. On Wednesday night, the night she went missing, uh, the UPS driver wasn't the only one that seen her. Uh, we, I've got a call. We, we're close. We was close friends with the Llewellyn family. Every year after we got done with harvest, we'd always go help them finish their harvest up. And on Wednesday night, about roughly uh, 7.38, we got, I got a phone call from Michael Llewellyn, which is Quake's uh, father. Uh, and he, he told me that Quake seen her around 3.30 that day jogging. 
and he passed her and went on to check his wells and came back and she was no longer there. So, so I, we did know the sheriff's office knew. Uh, so we knew the UPS driver seen her and that quite Llewellyn seen her the same day. Nancy, this is Wendy. This is a great example of how when someone goes missing regarding a timeline, the police look at who's close to her, both relationally and geographically, especially in a small town where those that saw her last and those that were in that immediate vicinity immediately become either witnesses or suspects. And this case appears to be a perfect illustration of how that happened. So let me understand something, Maggie, uh, Miss Sutherland. Quite Llewellyn actually jumped on the bandwagon and tried to act normal and told his dad, oh, yeah, I saw it at 3.30? Uh, yes. Yes, ma'am. He, he did. Uh, because um, he he asked him because they had a rice well back there. He was supposed to go be checking. And so he told his dad that was around the time he had been back there and he did see her. He even told me he seen her. I spoke with him on Thursday. He came up to the like the headquarters where we were set up um, at the house. Um, he just walked up, standing up against a tree, and I was sitting there with some friends. And I uh, like, I'm going to walk over there. And they're like, no, don't do that. And I was like, yes, y'all can go with me or whatever, but I'm walking over there. I want to know where he's seen her exactly and what she was doing. So I walk over to him. He's standing up against a tree, just calm, like searching the area around, just looking, doing nothing. And I said, Quake, what can you tell me about Sydney yesterday? I know you've seen her. You, I mean, where was she running at? What, could you give me any details? Where exactly on the road did you see her running? He goes, yeah, I seen her running. That's all. And then she was just running. That's all. He was as calm could be and everything, and then he hugged me, and I was like, if you can Whoa. think of anything, please, He hugged please, you? Please. He yes, hugged you? Yes, ma'am. Reminds me of Judas and the kiss at the Last Supper. He hugged you? Yes. I was very upset, so, um, you know, I had probably was crying a little bit because it's real easy for me to be upset. You know, Karen Stark, New York psychologist, remember how Scott Peterson would go back and back and back and look out over San Francisco Bay? Here you got this guy, 28 years old, Quake Llewellyn, goes to the search headquarters, lies to Sidney Sutherland's mother, and hugs her, acting cool and calm as a cucumber. Well, that doesn't surprise either one of us, does it, Nancy? Because very often... The person who's the killer goes back to the scene of the crime, and they're doing that because they want to relive it, not because they're feeling emotional or remorse or any kind of regret. I think he was trying to find out what was going on with the search and the investigation, Karen Stark. Well, probably that's a part of it, but I, I think also, Nancy, that he enjoyed the fact that he knew something that other people didn't know. And I also wondered, they went to school together they were Facebook friends, then not Facebook friends. And I suspect that he had a feeling about her, that he wanted her from the time they were in school. That he just Do you think that could be true, Sam Sutherland? I, I'm unsure of that. I, like I say, I, I don't know how he felt toward her or nothing. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know anything. I just yeah. know that we had friends say that they, they hung out in the same group at least once. And to, also on the on the search party, uh, he also Sydney's boyfriend Alex. He also walked up to Alex and uh, told Alex if there's anything he needed at all, anything he could do, just let him know, and he give Alex a hug too. So I mean, he was going around, you know, hugging, doing a lot of hugging, a lot yes, of hugging. Yes, Mitch yes. McCoy, K A R K four, is the prosecutor gonna seek the death penalty? Uh, it's on the table. That's what the prosecutor told us. So, on uh, the table. Well, that, you know what? I know you're reporting correctly, Mitch McCoy. You have an excellent reputation, K-A-R-K. It's not you. You're just the messenger. But on the table? What does that mean? That means nothing to me. On the table. That's like putting a fork and a napkin on the table. You can take it off whenever you feel like it. So what's happening, Maggie Sutherland? Is there going to be a death penalty case? As 
Sydney, like, um, y'all kind of questioning if she was friends with him. She knew him, uh, uh, but just in passing, um, no communication with him probably in years since been out of school and everything. And we um, grew up, um, her dad and I grew up in Grubbs with a Quake's dad. I mean, all of our life we grew up in Grubbs, so we knew them very well. Um, but right now, um, we just want what I want justice for Sydney, and I will not stop, nor will my family stop um, until we get it. You know, yes, capital, he, you know, capital murder, it's either life or death. So, um, you know, whatever it takes to get justice for Sydney, that's what we're going to take. And Hopefully, we get that for her. Or we won't. Stop. Let's put it this way: we're not going to stop until we get justice for Sydney um, for w- what he's done. Miss Sutherland, please know, neither will we. We wait as justice unfolds. Nancy Grace, Crime Story, signing off. Goodbye, friend. The following is a high five moment from HighFiveCasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won. Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing High Five Casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Whoa! I won again. I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your high five moment today? Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. What's up, guys? This is Sean, Lights Out Merriman, and Saturday, June 15th, Lights Out Extreme Fighting 17 returns to Casino Palma in San Diego. Get your tickets now at LightsOutXF.com, and we'll be live on Lights Out Sports TV, available on all major platforms. Doors open at 5 p.m. Pacific. You don't want to miss this one. It's going to be Lights Out. Lights Out Sports is free sports TV by athletes for fans. For details about the event and tickets, go to LightsOutXF.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 